Hello and welcome along to Sports Day. Well, we begin tonight with a question for Richard Goiter, AFL Commission Chair, and Andrew Dillon, new AFL CEO. How many more players, gentlemen, need to be knocked out before we introduce the send-off rule and the yellow and red card system? For years under Gillam McLaughlin, who was swayed by his experience in the amateurs, where umpires get it wrong occasionally, the AFL has ignored calls for the red card. Well, we're not the amateurs. And it's negligent that we don't have a mechanism to revoke a player's licence to perform on the field if his reckless actions warrant it. On fairness alone, it needs to be introduced. The AFL's explanation for maintaining four interchange and one sub, rather than going for five interchange, was fairness. Data evidently showed a sub dramatically reduces the imbalance in results of going one or two men down on the bench. So the sub remained. Fairness was a priority. And yet they don't apply the same logic to violent actions on the field that totally unbalances the very same outcome. It's bizarre logic. Webster KO's Jai Simpkin and North Melbourne are immediately disadvantaged in both manpower and leadership. St Kilda prospers from a violent action and the AFL ignores the unfairness. The same could be said of Powell Pepper, Tom Stewart, Andrew Gaff, Jordan DeGoey and Barry Hall, just to name a few in recent years, where the club of the perpetrator claims the immediate on-field advantage that the AFL seem oblivious to. Of course, the great paralysing fear of Gill and the Commission has been the downside of getting it wrong and red-carding an innocent player. They've been happy to put up with a totally flawed system of unfairness in case one person may potentially be unfairly treated. An argument of the lesser of two evils, I get it. But the world's changed and the AFL needs to change with it too. On Sunday, when it was clear that Simkin was concussed, a yellow card should have been shown to Webster and he removed immediately from the field and replaced by an interchange player. This would initiate a process of review involving the reporting umpire and the umpire's coach and senior personnel in the arc to decide if there are any extenuating circumstances that would allow Webster back onto the ground. Any element of doubt would mean he gets back onto the field and dealt with by the tribunal. Ultimately, the person making the decision, I suspect, would be the umpire's coach or the senior person in the arc employed by the AFL. It may well have saved Sam Pal Pepper from a red card at the time, but not Webster, not DeGoey, Gaff or Hall that were 100% clear. If every other code can work out a quick and reliable system, I'm sure we can too. As for the suspension, well, that'll be interesting to see what the AFL put up who have been slow to react on head-bump penalties for a while now. Six seems about the mark to me. A 50% uptake on Sam Pal Pepper, but double the ridiculous three weeks handed to Jordan DeGoey in a moment of madness from the judiciary last year. It was a brain fade of epic proportions from an otherwise professional and fair player, but he can't be made a scapegoat with a penalty approaching 10 by the AFL trying to play catch-up on a previously inadequate response. Ultimately, that will be up to the judge and potentially the appeals board. But it's now up to the AFL Commission and the executive to act on the red card. For maintaining the current position, which show a level of tolerance for on-field violence and inequity of outcome unworthy of any governing body. Kane, it's going to be an interesting 48 hours. Welcome to you.